everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a very special guest with us today. It is Chef Elliot Moss from Buxton Hall Barbecue, Buxton Chicken Palace et al. And she, hey, Chef, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks, Stu, for having me on. Sure thing, man. I'm glad you could join us. I, I understand that you had to do some prep and stuff right before the show, getting ready to open for business and stuff. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for joining us. I won't take up too much of your time. And we already talked a little bit before the show that I want to concentrate on the food and what's going on at Buxton Hall. I recently gave you guys a Lifetime Achievement Award for your muscles, which are... Oh, we appreciate that. Yeah, Thank best you. muscles in Western North Carolina, in this guy's opinion, and consistently so since the day they were first introduced to the menu, which is Thank you. the lifetime achievement is for consistency, if not, if as much as anything else, you know, and um, other nominations out the wazoo this year and past years, many awards from me, and I'm not the only one, of course, you get recognition from James Beard and people like that. So let's talk about the food. Why don't you describe your muscles, if you don't mind, for the people and tell them what, in your opinion, makes them so special. Yeah, well, we get start with Prince Edward Island mussels. Um, we get those in a few times a week. Uh, we kind of start with um, lardons that we cure from the jowls um, and the pig and some onion. And we cook that down in a little butter, add the mussels, and we use a beer, regional local beer to deglaze the pan with. That's kind of just rotating on, depending on what we have. Um, and then we have a sauce that we add to the mussels as they simmer. Um, and that's really where all the flavor is. Uh, we start with San Marzano tomatoes um, imported from Italy. I'm a big fan of canned tomatoes, especially the San Marzano varieties. Um, we crush those up. We make a sauce with some of the crispy pork the bits from the whole hog and then we also save all the bones and make a stock with the hog stock uh, that goes in a few of our dishes but it also goes in that sauce the tomato sauce um, for the mussels um, there's some other spices and seasonings we put in there but uh, we kind of add that tomato sauce to the beer onion mussel mix and let that come to a simmer and the mussels open up uh, we char a lemon and we serve it with some homemade uh, sourdough baguette toasted in a little hog fat that we make in the restaurant. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, well, we, we actually smoke the tomato mixture. I forgot. I left that out. Um, we've changed the way we smoked it. We used to cook it underneath the hogs and it would get the hog drippings on it. But we're, we've got a new smoker and we're right now just smoking it um, with a heavy wood smoke like beside the briskets while they're cooking and we put a little bit of hog fat in there just to mimic some of that drippings from before i love it we put a little hog fat in there that that should yeah. maybe be on one of your t-shirts right. <laughs> um wow th thank you for that comprehensive absolutely that was fantastic and and everything you said absolutely are the things that i enjoy about those mussels like the lardon the how cooked down the onions are like everything you mentioned is exactly what makes those mussels so fantastic and there's a lot of good mussels around this town so it's not like you're king king of the heap of a bunch of garbage here you're like mussels are comparable 
I mean, other muscles around town are fantastic as well. It's just, I'm partial to yours. And I oh, think thank you. the fact that there's a little hog fat in there has something to do with it. Um, with yeah, I've been making those muscles in some variety or form pretty much since I moved to Asheville. I uh, moved here from Philly and we did a lot of muscles at the restaurant I worked at before moving here and kind of just stuck with me over the years. Well, speaking of Philly, great segue, because the next thing I wanted to talk about was your brisket cheesesteak, which oh, okay. has won my Sandwich of the Year award and was up for a Philly award this year, or nice. cheesesteak cheese award. Can't call well, it Philly. You. Don't even say the word Philly. Oh, my right. Lord, people be throwing rocks at you. Or a can of tomato soup, I guess, is traditional right. in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> and so tell us about your brisket cheesesteak because it's phenomenal chef well, and thank you i'm curious how it's why it's so good uh well we started it um when we were doing little louis when we were closed down for the pandemic um and it's something that i've been kind of playing around with for staff parties here and there um for the past couple of years and i like i mentioned i lived in philly um my first restaurant job as a teenager was at a place in my hometown that had a cheesesteak on the menu. They were from Reading, Pennsylvania, and that's where my love really for it started. Um, yeah, I just like cheesesteaks. I like everything about them, um, and I've had a whole lot of them, and I know what I personally like about a cheesesteak, um, and it's just a lot of cheese. Cheese is the first word in it. Uh, I like some cheesesteaks. Even in Philly, black, the, the cheese kind of mixed all the way through. Okay. Um, you get like a dry bite of meat and that's really no good for me, nope. but our cheese steak is we, we use brisket. We cool it off, slice it really thin on the meat slicer. We have caramelized onions that we start with some banana peppers, just a personal favorite of mine in the cheese steak. Uh, we add the, the brisket, um, to the flat top, little salt, pepper, uh, cook it till it's nice and melty. And then we add a little bit of our cheese sauce chop that up on the flat top and then put it on an amoroso roll that we make a little brisket steak sauce mayonnaise that we rub on the bun um add the cheese mixture or the cheese steak mixture with the onions peppers a little cheese and then we finish it with a little more cheese on top um the cheese sauce we use cabot extra sharp cheddar uh processed white american cheese and milk and some spice wallet seasonings and a little lusty monk mustard. Um, that's our whiz, cheese whiz for, mm -hmm. for the dish. That's pretty much it. We get the, like I said, Amoroso rolls are pretty much most every cheesesteak place in Philly uses those. And I thought it was important that we try and source those out mm -hmm. for a proper cheesesteak. Well, I, I agree. Um, I didn't, I've never been to Philly. I didn't grow up in Philly, but I, know what people say and they say the amorosa roll is crucial and it's the same with any sort of famous sandwich from a, an area like a cuban needs a certain kind of bread in order to be authentic and, and stuff like that so the the bread is certainly crucial to a sandwich i always say because it's that's what a sandwich is right it's stuff right bread. um and again, everything you just described about this sandwich is exactly what I love about it. And you said you, you cook that brisket until it's melty and boy, howdy, that's right. I mean, like there's, there's no chewy brisket in Buxton Hall, man. It's all, it just melts right in your mouth. It's like easy on the teeth is one way to put it. It just, it just <laughs> goes right through, you know, like 
I love it, Chef. And um, oh, brisket, brisket used to be kind of a rare commodity on your menu. Like, yeah. I remember, like, I would get super excited if brisket was going to be there. And then the little Louis pop-up kind of brought it to the forefront a little bit. And were you inspired by the popularity of the sandwich during the pop-up to add it permanently to your menu? Yeah, well, we plan all along. I think it's like uh, some information out there. We, the, the building caught on fire, the roof caught on fire, uh, July of 2000. Yeah, July of 2000, like right during the first of the pandemic, we had a- 2020? Yeah, we had a new firebox installed and it was faulty and caught the roof on fire. And we weren't able to cook inside for probably almost a year. We were cooking everything outside. The health department was lucky enough to let us do it while we could. And um, I had a Texas smoker outside that me and my dad built. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we were doing the briskets on for little Louis and okay. just trying to practice some cooking of the briskets more or less. And um, we weren't able to put the whole hog smokers back in the restaurant uh, because of the fire. So we had to improvise and we were able to put a Texas style smoker in the restaurant and that's what we have now. So all of our meats are coming off of the Texas style smoker, um, even our whole hog. And that's different product than we were serving before July of 2020. Um, but really because we had that smoker is why we started doing briskets. Um, we get a lot of, we were getting a lot of requests, like angry requests for briskets for, since we opened, since day one. Like, you know how kind of barbecue place doesn't have brisket. And, yeah. you know, we just said, hey, that's not what we do. Um, right. Yeah. And I wasn't very comfortable with cooking briskets because I didn't grow up eating brisket. I'm from South Carolina and yeah. I didn't have brisket until I was in my 20s. I'm 40 now. So it was a long time. Right. Um, and I went to Texas a few times for, different barbecue festivals and made some friends with local pitmasters there and kind of learned some of their secrets and tricks and felt like I had enough knowledge to at least try to cook some good briskets and that's what we're doing now um mm -hmm. we're trying to get some really nice briskets and it's a learning process for sure and you know day by it day is. we're feel like we're getting a little better at it um, yeah learn how to use the smoker and sourcing our meats we get our meat from joyce farms and Brasstown, and i'm not gonna lie to briskets because i think of just the pandemic shortages and labor they're coming in really like mangled and just torn up so it's not a very consistent product that we're getting in but that's just life right now um, okay well thank you thanks for that insight into yeah. all of that like the fire the equipment the the new process, the Texas smoker and all of that. That's really interesting to know. And um, that does lead to the next thing is that you're, you're currently doing some construction downstairs and some exciting things going to happen as a result of that. Do you, is it okay to talk about that stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we closed um, for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the year to put in a prep kitchen downstairs and it's still unfortunately under construction, um, but it's getting real close. Uh, just like everything, supply, demand, shortages, labor, uh, it's just taking longer than it was supposed to. Um, but we're getting real close and putting in some equipment downstairs to help with some caterings that we have to turn down throughout the year and some things we just run out of on busy weekends because we just don't have the capacity to cook that much. Uh, okay. We got a new Texas-style smoker inside 
also that we're waiting to fire up once we get downstairs kitchen going and we should have briskets um most every day right now we're just doing them on the weekends uh okay. friday saturday and sunday typically um and then we'll, we should have brisket cheesesteaks and fresh hot sliced brisket most every day every service is the goal going forward that's fantastic. And I want to say yeah. I'm, I'm kind of new to brisket myself. I didn't start eating it until fairly recently. It had, it had like Jewish style brisket at Jewish delis, but I hadn't had Texas style brisket. And so I, when I started to eat it, I kind of immersed myself into it for a couple of years. I'm sure. still, still doing that, you know, and man, in terms of the quality, it can run the, run the gamut, man. It's like, uh, some of it's so chewy and horrible and others is so dry. It's like eating sawdust. And then when people really nail it, it's that the, the, the meat is meaty, but falls apart and the fat just melts, just melts away. And that's the, yeah, problem. it's, it's a, it's a challenging thing to cook to be so little, um, but we're, yeah. we're learning and it's not easy. So. Yeah. Well, congrats on, on nailing it pretty much like well i'm glad you got some good stuff when you're in i appreciate okay it. good uh yeah me too and um you you mentioned the weekends and are there plans to bring brunch back on sundays or is it already yeah back? we're actually uh gonna do some announcements soon we, we used to do a fried chicken biscuit um before before covid um and we're gonna bring back the chicken biscuit uh, pretty soon, probably maybe even this weekend. Um, I guess it's middle of February. And then uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, and Easter, we're going to do a, a pretty heavy brunch. Um, okay. Heavy being like pretty big menu for brunch like we used to do back in the day. Um, mm. And up until then, we'll probably add a couple small brunch items to the menu. And after, I think, Mother's Day is the last one of those. Um, we may offer it more of a substantial brunch menu every Sunday and maybe be open a little earlier than we currently are. That's the, that's the, the plan. Okay. Right on, right on. You know, I love your brunch so much. At one time brought a tear to my eye and that's not uh, exaggeration. I, was just, <laughs> I felt so um, grateful in the moment to be eating this wonderful food and then awesome. quickly well, wiped that you. tear away and blamed it on a piece <laughs> of dust and enjoyed my brunch. But I love your brunch very much. So that's great news well, that you. there are some plans to revive it. And, and hopefully, as you said, fingers crossed, get it back on the regular um, schedule. And, and how about irregular things? Are you planning any pop-ups in the near future? Yeah, we're talking right now with Sandor Katz. Um, he just put out a new cookbook. Uh, and he's doing a dinner or doing a lecture in Asheville, um, in the middle of March and we're talking with him about doing a dinner up in the mezzanine. That's where I am now currently. Um, and serving some recipes out of his book. Um, we also are going to bring a few barbecue guys and gals down to Asheville from other places. Uh, maybe three or four of those events throughout the year. Um, and we're probably going to do a pop up here or there. Um, just to have some fun and um, maybe every other month we'll be doing something special here again pretty soon. 
keep pop-ups i i always feel like keep things interesting especially in restaurants that do have sort of a stable menu you know like yeah. some restaurants are writing a new menu every week so every week is like fun funsville but in a lot of restaurants such as buxton hall your menu is pretty like solidly carved in stone and so am i correct in thinking that the pop-ups are a great great way to express creativity and blow yeah absolutely yeah all of that stuff Good, good, because I always imagine like, oh, these pop-ups must be so fun for the chefs and the cooks who get to highlight their skills and stuff. So. Yeah, hopefully the customers come in too, you know, something special. And Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've enjoyed said, a we, lot we, of your pop-ups. Hey, well, thanks. Yeah, Asian, everything from Asian pop-ups to, um, I went to that one that was just all different kinds of hash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one was wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that another time, Chef. We're running a little short on time now, and I just wanted to touch on a personal subject, if you don't mind. I noticed sure. you've been posting a lot on Instagram about your rollerblading and about your sobriety. And um, I myself been sober going on 11 years coming up in April. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I still smoke weed. I'm not like 100% sober, but I quit drinking uh, about... California it. sober, right? That's right, man. That's what we call it. I think we could also probably get away with calling it Asheville sober at this point. Yeah, right. um, But if you don't mind, express some of your thoughts about your own free, recent sobriety. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't start out saying I was going to quit drinking or anything. I just, it was pretty early on in COVID. We just caught the roof on fire at Buxton, and I was really just kind of nervous that the whole world was going to fall apart, and I felt personally like I needed to have a clear head for it, because <laughs> it was definitely easy to just drink a lot and yeah. put your head down, and this was all, you know, uh, a year and a half ago plus is when I started July. July 4th, actually, was of 2020 is when I stopped drinking, and um, I was like, I'm going to try and quit drinking, see how I feel, and felt great. I've been rollerblading a lot. I started skating when I was 13, so I, it's just something that I've been doing to help my mind stay clear and help me stay fit and active and healthy um, when I don't injure myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I made it to January, which was six months, and that was my birthday, and I was like, man, let me try a year, see how I feel after a year, and like, oh, I'm going to see how I feel after a year and a half. And that's kind of how I've been going about it. Um, July 4th will be two years. I'm definitely going to make it to that, um, I hope. And, yeah, I don't miss it. I, I had a virgin pina colada on a vacation I just took, and that was all I really needed. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a, I was a big fan of pina coladas on the beach, but um, sure. Me having, too. A virgin one, having a virgin one was almost exactly the same. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, like I said, I didn't really have any big plans. I just wanted to take it day by day and I honestly feel a lot better mentally and physically. Um, being a cook and growing up in the restaurant business, it's easy to drink and drink mm -hmm. a lot and just mm -hmm. kind of the norm. And I was just kind of bored with it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't having fun drinking That's really strange. anymore. And yes. I have an addictive personality, so it's real easy for me to just go, oh, yeah, let's do this a lot. So sure. traded the booze for skating more and just being outside, um, enjoying the sunshine and cool. waking up early and starting and having a long, fulfilled day. That's great, Jeff. Thanks for sharing that because I think Absolutely. that 
when people like me and you talk about it casually in public, like it ain't no thing that helps other people to assess what they're doing and maybe say, Hey, maybe it wouldn't be a big deal for me to change. Yeah. Break every now and then break every now and then is great. You know, just take it day by day. All yeah. the only thing I can say for some advice, somebody wanted to try it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people do come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm trying to quit drinking. What advice do you have for me? And I'm like, gosh, I am not a great person to give advice, but here's what worked for me. Um, sure. And that's, that's all we can do is tell other people what worked for us. And yeah, thanks for sharing that story. And especially sharing um, about uh, rollerblading, which yeah. now a lot of people are just going to hear this interview. They're not going to see this interview and they may not know what you look like, but it's a little bit of a juxtaposition in your head to, put a pair of rollerblades on the person I'm looking at right now. It's just it, the Elliot, for those who don't know him is a little bit, I would describe you as a punk rocker uh, in, your, in your personal fashion styles. Oh, well, yeah, I, I grew up in that as a kid. So yeah. probably is some of that there still. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me today, chef. I know you got a busy day in front of you every day and I'm just a huge fan of your restaurant. I don't mind telling you and telling everybody that Buxton Hall Barbecue is my favorite restaurant in Asheville. Oh, well, thanks, Stu. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. And thanks for all the support and happy to be on your show. Uh, thanks for thinking about me. And anytime you want to chat, I'm here for you. Oh, thanks a lot, Chef. I'll take you up on that. All right. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. See you. Bye-bye.